With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm a hater. And here's the other thing. That's what you call a garbage take. Try! You just watched Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic make the Western Conference Finals. Or, my turn. All of my takes are garbage. Yeah, you're the heavy favorite tonight. You can cry. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to Garbage Takes. I'm your host, Jenna Garcia. I'm actually joined today by two NBA greats. One really, really great NBA great. I call, did you hear me call you in the, when we were talking before, uh, I called you uh, Daddy Stiff. And I was like, Dad, did you like Daddy Stiff. Ryan? She called me Daddy Stiff. That is great. <laughs> I'm going to run with that one. Maybe I'll put that in my Twitter bio. That's excellent. Thank you. Because know, Adam was the big stiff. So I feel like you needed a new, an upgrade, you know, a different <laughs> name. You can't just be the same as Adam. Oh, man. Adam's the big <laughs> so. stiff. Andrew Feinstein is the biggest stiff. And I am Daddy Stiff. That is, that is <laughs> wild right there. <laughs> You might yes, not want NBA to. Blackburn. <laughs> so you might not want to put Daddy Stiff in your Twitter profile. You mm. might get some unique followers that way. I think. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Zach, I just heard it. I did not even hear it until you just said it. Wow. Yes. Okay. Um. <laughs> Oh, welcome. <laughs> garbage uh, takes. <laughs> that was a garbage nickname for you. Sorry, Ryan. It didn't work. Sorry. That's okay. I'm, I'm willing to run with it if you are. <laughs> and the other voice you hear interjecting here, clearly the only voice of reason on the pod tonight. Uh, Zach, what's up, Zach? How are you today? Uh, I am, I am doing, I am doing fantastic today. My first time on garbage takes. I'm excited because as anybody who reads anything I write knows all of my takes are garbage. So this show is right, right here for me. It's right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. You're the heavy favorite tonight. Did you know that? <laughs> Were you aware of the odds of it? Before I the didn't. Day? I didn't. I yeah. wish I knew I could have got some, could have got some money in on myself here. <laughs> yeah. You really should have. And then you, or you should have bet on the other guy and then, you know, there you go. The old Pete Rose maneuver. I like Ooh, it. Throw the game. I like it. Let's let's get into let's get into some weird betting stuff. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, like we always do on Garbage Takes, we're bringing you five hot topics um, in the NBA. Sometimes uh, just specific to the Denver Nuggets, and we're gonna get each of these guys' takes on what they think about those hot topics. Then they'll get scores. Try to follow along with the score. If you do, you win a prize at the end with yeah. the winner of Garbage Shakes. We're not sure if the winner is a good thing or a bad thing, but we're going to go ahead and get started with the first <laughs> question of the evening. Are the Nuggets finally a good team again? I don't want to say, are they going back? Are they back to who they were? Because they're never going to go back to who they were. They don't have the same players as they had in the bubble. Obviously, this is a new team. It's a little bit different, 
a lot of offense for a guy, for a team coached by Coach Malone. But are they finally a good team again, Ryan? Do you believe in this team again? Are you, do you have faith in them like you did back in the bubble? Of course I do. And I'm going to, I'm going to stop you right there because they never stopped being a great team. They had a bad moment. They had a really bad start to the season. Jamichael Green didn't play the first four games. Michael Porter Jr. didn't miss the next 10 games after that. They never had a full rotation at their disposal and were forced to play very small. They were in a in a bad position where Gary Harris got off to one of the worst shooting starts in recent memory. He is now all the way back to his normal self. It has been wonderful to see. Nuggets fans should be really happy. And it looks to me like Michael Porter Jr. really incorporating himself back into the fold of this thing, just like Nuggets fans were hoping for at the beginning of the season. So I'm going to go ahead and say they never left. They had a bad moment, but they're good again. I, uh, yeah, I could disagree with you here on this, that uh, they, I don't know that they were, are, uh necessarily good again or i think maybe genovate put it the best way not back to where they are listen that you're right they didn't have a full rotation but were we not sold that this is like the deepest one of the deepest teams i mean michael green said it tonight we've got the best bench in the league right like well so then you're telling me you lose what one guy for four games off of your bench and in one um one player from your rotation as well in michael porter jr and suddenly you're no good like i uh i think there's some deeper things here they they still don't defend very well uh i'm gonna i'm gonna say gary harris is back for this week we'll we'll check check in with us next week because he might be back in the crater again um and then yeah mpj that's what it comes down to are they good again or do they just have one really good player back i uh, i think there's still some some definite issues with how this team plays particularly uh with how the bench works with facundo Campazzo and whether or not that is actually uh, the right way to go. And I also think that the losing PJ Dozier is a, a big deal. And, and we don't know when he's going to be back. Hamstrings are tricky, of course, because they're, they're hamstrings and, and this is basketball and there's a ton of running involved in this game, but um, they have no size on the wing. That is, that is pretty much the case because they're playing Michael Porter jr. A ton at the four, not at the three. So they're still way undersized on the wing. They still aren't playing great defense tonight, notwithstanding. And here's the other thing. Are they back or have they just played a bunch of teams who are, have half their roster out because of health and safety protocol. I mean, they've got like at least three or four wins that are been basically against G league teams. So I, uh, I'm not sure that they're they're back, but I think the best way to put it, like I said, is as Jenna said, um, like if you were going to talk back to their form before uh, from last season and being in the Western Conference Finals, they're certainly not there. Uh, are they better than the than the garbage they were playing these past few weeks before? Sure, but again, bad uh, bad teams, bad rosters. I, I hear you, man, but like I think it's important to note that most of the entire NBA is dealing with these health and safety protocols. It's going to be something that the Nuggets are going to have to deal with at some point. They haven't hit that bug yet, but Michael Porter Jr., the third most important member on the team, was out for 10 games, and they missed him, and they did get some things together, but it's really important, I think, for everybody to appreciate that this team was going to struggle immediately because they had so many new players, because they're incorporating a second-year player who has a very distinct skill set they're starting to figure that out. They found some things that work really well. Michael Porter Jr. and Jamichael Green, they're great together. Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, they're great together. Now they just got to blend it all together. And I think they're they're on the right track. They're doing, they're doing some great things. And by the playoffs, this is going to be a great team. 
Yeah, I mean, I hear you. There's a lot of roster turnover, right? I think it was, what, seven guys um, came onto this roster for that weren't on the team last year. But the fact of the matter is they're still starting the same starting five that they started pretty much all of last season. Like, they're they're really – they're still bringing Monty Morris off the bench. I mean, we're talking about, like, new players. Yes, so we replaced, you know, Mason Plumley and, and Tory Craig. Um, but you're still, by and large, in my eyes, the, the same roster. I mean, Jermichael Green, Jeremy Grant – how much of a big difference is there really? And honestly, not much, but the way, way green is playing, I know Grant's playing uh, really well in Detroit, but he didn't play that way here uh, in Denver. So I don't know if it's, we can use that as an excuse. And again, yes, the, everybody has to deal with the health and safety protocols, but the nuggets have really got the benefit of it. I mean, we're talking, like I said, I mean, look at tonight's game against Miami. Now granted, some guys are injured, but pretty much half their roster is out. That was the same against Philadelphia. Uh, that was, and there was another team that I'm trying to think. And, and it might be the same again to on Friday against San you know Antonio. What? Zach, even before your second go at it, I was already convinced your hesitation resonated with me, to be honest, <laughs> as a nuggets fan, your hesitation yes. to trust in this team to be fully back to what we trusted them. I mean, like I was betting on them down three, one and knowing they were going to win. Like that's real trust in a team that I've never had before um, personally. So um, yeah, your hesitation to trust in them again and to say that, you know, they're definitely back. I agree. I don't know. Are, is Gary Harris back? He looks pretty good this week. And I'd like to see some consistency with that. You know, we've been holding Jamal Murray to consistency for years and he's been far more consistent than Gary Harris has been. So I'm with, with Zach on take number one, uh, three points for Zach. That's where we're going to go. He's hit one bucket, one MPJ bucket. Um, the second question for you guys is, is going to be a little bit interesting to see where you fall on it. I can't predict it in my mind. Um, is it time for the offense to run some sets for MPJ? Is it time for the offense to actually have a portion or percentage of it run purposely through MPJ as opposed to Jamal or uh, Jokic? Zach, you're up first. It is 100% time. It's because I'll, I'll even counter what something that, that Ryan said a little bit earlier. Michael Porter Jr. is the second most important player on this team, not the third. It should be, I mean, it's just painfully obvious in the two games we've seen. The guy cannot be stopped. Look at what happened here in the fourth quarter. He was kind of being sort of within the flow of the offense. The game started getting closer. Mike hits three threes and it's game over. The, at this point, there should be no one more important to get the ball to from Jokic right you're always going to get the ball to Jokic first but the next guy has got to be Michael Porter Jr. because he is a mismatch that nobody in the league can cover he's the the Mavericks tried to put Chris Stapps on him didn't work uh he's been he's a flat out physical anomaly as a guy who's six foot ten and can shoot the way he can shoot we've really only seen that once before and that's Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant gets the every single play drawn up for him almost every single time down even when he was playing next to Steph Curry and Clay Thompson now Michael Porter Jr. is obviously not Kevin Durant yet but he very much could be and he very much almost looks like it right now like if you look at where he's at right now and you compare that to Kevin Durant's sophomore season the only difference is that that at that time Seattle, I guess it would have been, was terrible. So they just they just gave him a ton of shots and, and gave him the ball all the time. If Michael Porter Jr. was playing for 
any team like that, a team who was sort of in the lottery or not really going to try and compete for the playoffs or even more so compete for a championship like the Nuggets are, he would be getting 35 plus minutes a game and 20 shots a night. He's, he's at the point where he's past the, the kind of learning the way to play in the NBA. It's time to unleash him. I would be, I would be giving him plays over Jamal Murray. Man, that is quite the statement right there, Zach. And, and I'm going to disagree with you because we just watched Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic make the Western Conference Finals off the backs of their incredible dynamic duo play. And we're immediately trying to go away from that at the first new shiny toy. Come on now. Like this is going to be a three-headed monster. This is not a situation where Michael Porter Jr. needs touches over what's going on. He's already trying to figure it out. He's already like with the with this bench unit right now, he is currently in a in a really good headspace with the usage that he's getting, with the shots that he's getting. They work him into the closing lineups. He has been really, really good in the in the role that he has. Do I think that he needs more touches with that starting group? Yes. Do I think that he should be a starter? Yes. However, changing everything that you do is not how you incorporate him into what you already made and what you already figured out as your best formula for winning games. That formula might change the more that he plays, but let's not rush things. Let's not try to go wildly out of our way of something that Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic have forged through years of strife, years of grinding and trying to get to the highest point possible. It got them to the Western Conference Finals last year. That should mean more. And you don't just immediately shuck that away the moment that another talented player comes in. Yeah, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. The formula got them to the Western Conference Finals. It also got them eliminated in five games against the Lakers. And, and, and yes, making the Western Conference Finals is nice. But are we ever, as Nuggets fans, are we ever going to, like, man up or, or step up and be like, you know what? Western Conference Finals isn't good enough. This is a team who should be in the finals. This should is a team who should win a championship. Like, we can't just be happy that, hey, we got to the Western Conference Finals. Like, let's keep doing that. The key is so clear. We've got to add in Michael Porter Jr. and figure out how to get him the ball more often because he is the one who unlocks everything. We saw it in the bubble, right? We didn't necessarily see it in the playoffs. And I'll, I'm 100% going to be a person who says that Mike's still going to work on defense and that'll probably still come up in the playoffs when you're going to be targeted the way he was. But the fact of the matter was we saw how he could be the missing piece playing with Jokic and Murray during the seeding games. And they, he was absolutely outstanding. We're only putting it off at this point. There's there the only reason to not give him the ball more and not drop plays for him is because you're putting off the inevitable of making him essentially your second star. Look, you guys both had pretty good, pretty good points. And I like Zach's idea when Porter's shooting good and we're winning. And I like Ryan's idea when he's not and he's playing terrible defense. So I say it's a tie. I will give you each a gold star. Um, Thank you. <laughs> you're very welcome. Ooh, extra gold star for you for saying thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, come on now. <laughs> um, I'm a former teacher. We definitely have favorites. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> Question number three for you guys. Uh, interesting. You know, there was a quick turnaround this season. There was not that long of an off season. You have guys 
who played a lot of minutes, uh, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, I'm thinking specifically, you know, deep playoff runs. They took, they went to seven games. These are guys who are tired. They played a lot of basketball last year and they're playing a lot of minutes right now. Since being on the road, Jokic is averaging 37 minutes in this um, four games so far and Jamal 36 minutes. That's Jamal with an injured elbow and an injured shoulder at this point. Is there time uh, and space on this team for some rest for the starters? And, and should it be a priority to Malone and his staff? Uh, Ryan, you're up first. It should absolutely be a priority. I'm not sure if it's going to be something that they're going, that they're going to be able to do. They're on a five-game winning streak right now. Things are looking really good. They've just won against Miami. They're now going to go into San Antonio. Maybe San Antonio, they've, they've dealt with some COVID protocols of late. Uh, maybe that is a time to get Paul Millsap a night off. Maybe it's a time when they have a back-to-back at home over the course of those next couple of games. Maybe there's a time to get Paul Millsap, Will Barton, some extra time off but I don't think you can give it to Jamal Murray. I don't think you can give it to Nikola Jokic. Those guys are just too important to what the Nuggets do. And though I think that Denver could win without them, I think you need to guarantee, you need to put yourself into a position that in games where you have a really, really good chance, where you have a really good opportunity to bank some wins early in the season, you want those guys to win. You want those guys to play well, and you want as many minutes as possible between Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., and Nikola Jokic, however that happens. I think you give Paul Millsap, Will Barton some time off, and you let when you let Michael Porter Jr. try to incorporate himself, Jamichael Green, same thing. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I got to – this is hard because I kind of want to agree with Ryan, but I'll in, in interest of uh, full transparency – I don't want to give Jokic any time off because I have a hundred dollar bet riding on him being the MVP this year. And I would really like for that to pay out. So so no, you should not rest Jokic for that. Uh, If you want to rest Paul Millsap, I mean, I guess you can. He's playing the fewest minutes. (laughs) That's right. Um, I mean, Millsap is playing the fewest minutes he's ever played. Uh, at least since not since his sophomore season. So I don't know. I mean, you could give him some rest. Sure. He's old, like shout out to Paul. Hey, I'm 35 as well, almost 36 as well. So I get it. Like I'm tired right now. I want to go to bed, but do we, I don't know that you can rest. Like I, like Ryan said, I'm, I'm trying to find a way to argue with him on this, but yeah, I don't, I don't think you can rest Jamal Murray or Nicole Jokic or Michael Porter Jr. They're like 25 and under, like, come on, we've got, you, you got to rest because you're playing 37 minutes a game. Try working eight hours a day in manual labor for a while. And then tell me when you're 55, still doing that job that you need rest. You know, like I, I, I try always to never equate these guys' lives to, to real life, but come on. This is we if again if you're Paul Millsap and you're 36 and you've been doing this for 20 seasons, fine. Yep, let's get you some rest. If you're you know it's, Michael you know Porter it's a great time. Years, you what? know it's a great time to rest is when in the fourth quarter you're up by 25. In well, the yeah, fourth so quarter you're up blowing. by 30 points. So stop blowing the third quarter. Stop trying to just get out of a get out from under it. You put yourself into a hole because you earned yourself a 25 point lead at halftime against the Miami Heat, and that thing goes down to nine at the end of the third quarter. It really took a, a great effort from the bench plus Jamal Murray to get this Nuggets team back in gear, and and Gary Harris as a part of that as well. So 
the best way for this team to get rest is to get it in the fourth quarter, do well against the, with the minutes that you have and maximize because this team has so much talent top to bottom. They can get these blowouts. They just have to work for them. And the other thing that I would say that's working in their favor and doesn't have to be do, uh, considered for rest right now, at least as like you said earlier, Ryan, they have so far avoided most of the health and safety protocol nonsense. They're one of, I think like six teams who has not had a game postponed. If they can maintain that, the NBA is going to have to be making up these games, the 20 plus games that have been postponed already. And if the Nuggets can maintain being one of the teams who has very few postponements, they're going to have an opportunity to get some rest in the second half of the season, which is when you're going to really want to need it because that's going to get you fresh for the playoffs. Like resting in January, I don't think really helps you in May. Just my opinion. Resting in April, probably. (laughs) Sorry. You've both been docked a star, (laughs) each of you, for lack of empathy and player perspective. You've both been docked a star. I just like that on the record. Take that as you will. You don't have to tell your moms, but you probably should. Um, but I will, Ryan, right after this. <laughs> I will give Ryan. I will give Ryan. I will give Ryan. Let's see. One trophy for his point about you know actually Zach, you really threw me off there on the last part. But uh, Ryan, you made a good point about resting the guys uh, as long as they are resting them in the fourth, as long as they can follow through and get three quarters under their belt. I have been banking on betting the opposing team against the Nuggets in the third quarter and making bank on that bet because they always lose the third quarter. Um, it's improved a little bit over this, uh, this winning streak, but they've consistently struggled. If they win the, if they lose the second quarter, they will win the third. But if they win the second quarter they will lose the third quarter every single time easiest bet easiest money i've made all season so i will give you one trophy for that point that you made there ryan but you've both been docked for lack of empathy i'd like that noted um the next question is the highlight actually of tonight's pod and the most important question here this evening because it's it's been um quite controversial quite controversial specifically to the stiffs i think super most interesting to me is the fact that riley and i definitely thought jamal's flagrant two was a flagrant two and most of our stiff staff did not most of most people thought it was an accident getting up was it intentional was it an accident zach let's hear your best take Okay, this is a seriously garbage take because I don't want to start out uh, by being sexist, but there's a reason for that, that you and Riley feel that way, and that's because you uh, do not have the equipment and therefore aren't familiar with how it feels to be hit in the junk, which makes you absolutely positive that it was not intentional, and I don't think he ever actually really hit him because if he had, I mean, look at Jalen Brunson, same game. He definitely took a shot right to the family jewels, and what happened? Crumpled to the floor and was down and then had like to walk back up and was uh, clearly in pain for the next possession. Tim Hardaway grabbed his groin area for like two seconds, looked at the ref and was like, what the heck? And they called the flagrant two. It was like so blatant of a flop of like, hey, I think I felt this guy's arm between my legs. So now I'm going to say that that he was trying to do something um, that was malicious. And it was not. I mean, if you watch, if you watch 
the replay, Jamal is standing up and he he grabs at the outside of his leg, not with the arm that's on the inside. He uses that to pull himself up and he pull, the arm that's in between the legs, he pulls back. So, you know, but uh, as our... <laughs> As, as everybody in college will remember, you know, you might call that maybe did he get a little bit of a, a sack tap? Sure. But you know what? A flagrant two plus a $25,000 fine? No, come on. Like they should find Hardaway for flopping on that. Yeah, here's what I'll say. I, I didn't think that it was massively intentional. I, I will agree with Zach that I don't think you can go all the way and say that it was an intentional thing where he really tried to hit him. Because if he tried to hit him, he would have done it. There's, right. there's, there's no doubt in my mind that it would have been a, a concerted effort to really hit that guy right in the family jewels. Uh, it wasn't because there was a lot of deference because we, we couldn't really tell because it was kind of a debate. Uh, I tend to give Murray the benefit of the doubt on this. I will say he doesn't have to put himself in that position in the first place. Uh, he could have waited for Tim Hardaway to clear out of the way. Uh, he could have instead decided to react in a, in a less violent manner. I thought that the NBA was right in not suspending him. That is clear. That would have been outlandish. And I would have been very upset with that because it's, it just was an emotional thing for Jamal. He reacted because Tim Hardaway was right over the top of him. He was very upset with the way that he was getting calls and he decided to react in an emotional way. I don't think it was, I think he, he was probably conscious of what was going on, but there was no intentional act in trying to hit somebody because he would have made it very clear if it was. I would say this. I don't think it was in any way an attempt at all. I think what, or, or a matter of frustration or anything like that. I think the play was still going on, right? He got knocked down. He was looking for a call. He didn't get one. Meanwhile, the play is still going. Hardaway is standing over him. I think he tried to get up and do a swim move all in one so he could get around Hardaway and get a quick entry pass from Nicola for an easy layup. Like, I honestly believe that is what he was trying to do. And as I said in the in our, our Slack chat, it is, it is unfortunate arm placement for sure. And it was unfortunate. Um, but in no way would I believe it was intentional or, or even that he was acting out of frustration. I honestly think he was just trying to get back into the play and stand up and try and make a move to the basket. I'm sort of with you, man. It's, it's a tough situation for Denver to be in. It's a tough situation for Jamal to be in. The good thing is, is that it didn't hurt Denver in the end. They ended up getting a win. Jamal only got fined. He didn't get suspended. And uh, it, it's, it was questionable either way. And I thought that the NBA handled it the right direction. But that's it's I know that that's controversial as well. Well, interesting takes. Uh, yeah, it looked uh, I mean, neither of you explained the backhand, which I think is what is most important here is did you even was the swim the move hand, <laughs> but we, we will leave it. Your time is up, Zach. So be careful. I may dock more points or something. Oh, man. But. Yeah, you should be afraid. I have a lot of power here, and it's really gone to my head, if you, if you can't tell. Um, I'm actually going to, to give this one to Zach for being the zealous fan. I mean, he literally just is riding with the fact that he completely has conjured up that Jamal was doing a swim move to get up. Does not explain the backhand, bro. It was definitely it does. intentional, He's got but I appreciate your your you really bought it and you really believe it's true. It's the diehard nugget in you. And for that, I salute you, sir. You get two salutes from me. Uh, that is your prize for that round. <laughs> uh, Excellent. Yes. Very good. Very good. 
Um, last and final take for you guys, question for you guys. Should the Nuggets be hunting for a trade before this deadline? And how, if so, how important is it? You're up, Mr. Stiff. <laughs> <laughs> uh yes that, that I, su- I assume that is me um, that name <laughs> great uh i do think that it is the correct course of action for denver to be hunting a trade because it would be poor form for tim Connolly not to do dil- due diligence in this case denver is in a position where they can win a championship because of the talent that they have on their roster gary harris looks back into form Michael Porter Jr. has been playing a lot of minutes lately. He's probably going to start relatively soon. I don't know when it's going to be, but it is what it is. Jermichael Green has really solidified that bench unit along with Monte Morris. Denver has six to seven guys playing really, really well right now. And they, I think they need that seventh or eighth guy to complete their, their rotation where they can feel really, really good about things. Maybe it's Will Barton to come back. Maybe it's Paul Millsap to, to find a, a little bit of fountain of youth action, but I'm not sure if I feel very confident that either of those things are going to happen, which means I think that Denver should be pursuing a trade. They should try to be finding another wing and we'll see where it goes from there. In a vacuum, I would have to agree with you. I would say, yeah, Denver should pursue a trade, Um, but we're not in a vacuum and gosh, as much as I love him and as much as I think he's a fantastic um, president of basketball operations and is a fantastic in the draft, Tim Connolly sucks at trade deadline trades and i'm still a piece of garbage so they should not do it because it's not going to work out well for them because it never does it's like it's just one of those things that he i don't think he's had a good trade since the will barton one they've always not worked out in denver's favor or at best have been an admission of the fact that they can't keep a player last year we traded away two guys who were first round picks one of whom is playing very well into minnesota the other one i mean watch was playing very well too for I guess it would be Zeke Naji. So I mean, would you rather have Malik Beasley and Wancho Hernan Gomez or Zeke Naji? I think we all know the answer to that. Obviously, the money was an issue, but I would say stay away from the trades just because I have little faith that it will actually help the team. Well, you know what? I don't think you're giving Tim enough credit because the trades that he's made, the trades that the Nuggets have decided to go with, they've wanted to go and buy. They've wanted to go try to find upgrades, but they haven't been able to find a great upgrade at the deadline because they're, they're mostly in a situation where the, the players that they're shooting for are too high. They're too good. Drew Holiday, he wasn't going to come to Denver because David Griffin was asking for too much. Bradley Beal, Denver is probably going to have too much being asked of them in order to do that. James Harden, same thing. Like I think that Denver has to think on a little bit smaller of a scale. They have to go find a competent wing that they can trust on in the closing lineup potentially. Uh, I do think that that player does exist, and they will they – will, take some opportunities to go after that player. But if they, if they really truly believe that they can make this thing work, I think that they're going to do it. And I, th- I trust Tim Connolly to make that call and make that decision. He has drafted so young for a reason. Some of these guys, they have to like, like they're not going to play in the playoffs. He knows that he's got to find a way to get somebody who does. Yeah. I, um, he'll probably trade Will Barton in a first for some guy who's going to re-up for more than he's worth next year. I mean, right. That would be the, we'll do the Mason Plumlee thing on you or even better. We'll do a pointless trade at the trade deadline. That means nothing at all. Like picking up Roy Hibbert and then it'll end up costing us a pick down the road. So I, uh, I'm just going to say 
I'm not in on the trade. That was to get to the salary floor, sir. Discuss the salary floor next yes. time. That's right. <laughs> Zach is suffering from some serious um, MPSD, Nuggets PTSD, clearly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Past trade deadlines <laughs> that have haunted him. <laughs> um, I feel that I understand it. Um, I'm here for you. And if um, anyone out there else out there is struggling with these feelings please reach out to us we understand <laughs> our lines are open in the form of a five-star review <laughs> yes leave a comment <laughs> on this podcast or uh, tweet at us tomorrow but um yeah i understand that pain zach and i get where your your frustration is i think i will say ryan you know your answer i think is what everyone hopes is going to happen i feel like zach's answer is a little bit more like what we kind of know is going to happen. <laughs> but for the hopefulness, I will Ooh. move you from green to blue. Move your color up, man. Did you ever Ooh. do that in school? Pretty awesome, huh? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, really big reward <laughs> if you're not aware. But uh, moving from green to blue or purple, pretty big deal. So fantastic mm. job on that final answer. Um, guys, you know, Zach has gotten a three-pointer. And uh, he actually got a star, but it was deducted for uh, misconduct, you know. And then um, two salutes as well. And then, Ryan, you ended up the end of the game with two stars, a trophy, and on color blue. So you guys are going to have to <laughs> – Hold on, I, hold on. I only, have, I only have one star. Hold on. I will say that. I only have one <laughs> yeah, star. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> man, we're both such great students. <laughs> Also deducted one star in mis for misconduct um, with for lack of empathy. We don't tolerate that here on Garbage Takes. But uh, I do appreciate you guys coming on. Oh, oh, <laughs> deduct his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, more Garbage Takes. All we know is how to spew trash here on Garbage Takes. So I appreciate you guys joining today. Uh, always fun chatting with you guys. Again, please reach out to us if you're experiencing any of these garbage takes at Zach Nikosh on Twitter, <laughs> at NBA Blackburn, at Vita Viva Diva. <laughs> Tweet at us tomorrow. Check out the next week's episode of Garbage Takes. Thanks for joining, guys. Appreciate it.